0: Welcome to another episode of the Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. My name is Chris and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host Tom. Hello. And we finished our latest in the supreme reign that is Akira Kurosawa Films (laughs) with his 1952 film Ikaru, but before we jump into that... This is spine number 221, which means it is time for a look back at the previous 10.
1: Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, we,
0: uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these, so it's our, it's our look back to what was our favorite or most memorable or, you know, one that we could give a miss to or whatever. So, we have The Silence, Richard Third, The Devil and Daniel Webster, Knife in the Water, The Rules of the Game, Tokyo Story, The Circle Rouge... La Strada, Naked Lunch, and Ikaru. Yeah, so, holy crap, what a stacked
1: deck. Yeah, this is probably the best...
0: (laughs) For a very long time.
1: Yeah, ten films in these kinds of ten brackets that we've seen. Since
0: maybe going back to, like, the first ten or so. Like, (laughs) where we had, like, Seven Samurai Armored, like, you know, a really stacked deck early on. But, um... I'm just going to right off the bat and say, like, worst of this lot is easily Richard III. Yeah. Like, that's just... I concur. Yeah, that's, like...
1: Fucking garbage. Yeah, it doesn't
0: even deserve, like, any more talk about it that way. But in terms of what is the best, this is super hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is, actually,
0: because... I mean, even The Devil and Daniel Webster had some amazing stuff in it.
1: The special effects, or the the practical effects, I suppose, were remarkable.
0: Incredible stuff. Great storytelling. Knife in the Water, the early Polanski film... Gripping, interesting, great, incredibly well-shot thriller. Like, wonderful. Rules of the game. Um, once we kind of... I remember once we kind of got into the discussion on that, we kind of really warmed to that one as well. Mm-hmm. But then we've got, like... it. I mean, God, it's the last five alone. Like, Tokyo Story, La Circa Rouge, La Strada, Naked Lunch, Ikaru. Like, all incredible, incredible, incredible films.
1: Yeah, I, I think... It's really hard to find, uh, to ch- choose a best. Uh, certainly, Naked Lunch is a favourite, I yep. would say. Not necessarily best, e- but a favourite. It's an easy one to watch out of all of these. Like, sure. it's not necessarily...
0: It, it has the playfulness that you kind of expect from a Cronenberg film in
1: there, I guess. Yeah, and it did a really good job of just being very interesting and, and original, and I, I do like that, mm. and, and abstract and surreal, so it's, it is a favourite. But in terms of best, it, I, I, I'm finding it really hard to decide. Tokyo Story... I know, was remarkable. Right. yeah um, being able to discuss uh, in so many ways the complexities of family life and life in general, but being able to do it with nuance and subtlety and simplicity was a remarkable film. yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do want to give it to that, I suppose. Um, but then again, you know, Ikaru, which we just watched. <laughs> yeah was so amazing.
0: And then even La Strada as well. Yeah. It was, like, breathtaking. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to give it a tie between Tokyo Story and Ikaru myself mm-hmm. uh, with asterisks, like, commendations to uh, La Strada and uh, Les Circa Rouge mm-hmm. as well. Just, yeah. It's also, we're trying to compare and
1: contrast totally different films as well, but... I think it's a win for Japanese cinema.
0: Yeah, very much so. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. Um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah.
0: And two films made uh, one year apart from each other as well, like, 53 and 52, like, yeah. Mm. this is Ozu and Kurosawa kind of firing on all cylinders for these ones.
1: Yeah, basically all these films that we've seen, except for Richard III, is, is well worth a watch.
0: Very much so. Yeah, this is like a series, like, this run of ten, where I'm like, I almost own all of them. <laughs> like, even, like, in my own collection. It's that solider
1: kind of set, mm. so... Well, let, let's get on with... Uh... With Ikaru, yes. Uh, I I'm surprised that I can still watch. And I've never seen this before. This is my first time seeing it. Yep. And I'm surprised that Kurosawa can still completely surprise me. And I, you know, one up himself almost. Mm. Um, I wasn't expecting to come away from this film and go, yeah, I, I think this is better than High and Low.
0: Wow. Okay. So it's that it's that great for you at this point.
1: Yeah. 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 For so sure. Mm. But it's- I mean, this that probably will become obvious by the end of this episode, once <laughs> this you start talking about
0: it. Because mm. yeah, I was very much, I, I've seen this a couple of times before and love it, obviously, but it's, I was very intrigued to see your thoughts on it because it's, looking at what we've done for Kurosawa uh, throughout the collection, it's, I think, our only second one that is not a kind of period piece mm-hmm. or a kind of samurai or feudal kind of Japan-based story. It, where it's set in I mean at the time it was made in a, it's a present day kind of story and it's a modern tale. And yeah. we don't get we haven't had many of those. It's it's honestly this and high and low. And it's such an a wonderful treat when you can get to experience Kurosawa doing something different, I guess. Yeah. Or different like different in that
1: Well he's not what, commonly known for this kind of
0: Yeah, what would, like, you know, everyone points to him as a guy who made samurai films where you're like Yeah, but his actual other stuff is amazing as well, and, like, kind of...
1: Yeah, so it's... It's funny that I gravitate towards the the not-samurai stuff.
0: I'm the same, though. I I still think, um, I... In terms of an enjoyable and, like, I'd go back to and watch it more often, High and Low is such an entertaining, well-made, amazing film...
1: We're type of stylized as well, so you can get such a richness from just watching the technical aspects of the film.
0: Yeah. But in-
1: sa- same with the with Seven Samurai, the oh. movement of the camera and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it
0: got even like Throne of Blood, uh, even Redbeard, like all of the stuff we've done, it's all masterpieces, but it's like on a sliding scale of masterpiece, um, I guess.
1: Well, I suppose we should do synopsis. Yeah. Uh, it's a very simple story Yeah, uh, on its surface. The story of kanji, a man that is the head of public affairs in the bureaucratic system of government, uh, and he gets stomach cancer. He finds out he has stomach cancer, and he decides. Well, I mean, it starts pushing him on a journey through to discover what, what really, what is life about, and where should, what direction it should it really take?
0: And have I lived
1: a life mm. like what? Yeah,
0: when faced with your own mortality,
1: like you become introspective, and you're like. What like what have I been doing and has it been worthwhile? What exactly. should I be doing? Yeah. Uh, so on, uh, it is a simple story, but from that, there's it kind of just mines the the depth of time. Pretty of much time the time that everybody has when they're alive. Yeah.
0: What and what you do with that time uh, is legacy important? Like all of these wonderful, like interesting little things.
1: And I think it's it's kind of it starts off rather cheeky. I really liked how. I mean, it opens up with a bunch of ladies that are living in um, one of the more lower class suburbs or districts of Japan, mm-hmm. and they're saying, hey, there's uh, there's this massive cesspool that's kind of fucked up, and uh, maybe someone in the government needs to fix it. Uh, we've been going to this department and this department and this department, and everyone is saying, go to the other department. There's an incredible montage of... Yeah, it's very cheeky and... Kind of cynical, it, which it's, is a great setup to this film. But even that scene
0: in general, it starts very cheeky and playful, and it's just like, oh, this section, and it's like, oh, there's mosquitoes, that's pest control. Oh, well, actually, that's this, and this, and this. But the further you get along into it, the music becomes almost horror film-ish. Yeah. Like it gets really haunting and dark, and you realise, oh, this playfulness is actually
1: yeah, the a first, deep-seated problem. <laughs> it's great. The first reaction I had was, let's laugh at... The, the ridiculous nature of, of government and yeah. the broken system. That you
0: get a bit of a Brazil is. kind
1: of feel from it. Yeah, and then, but as you say, with the with the the score just becoming irritating uh-huh. and just attacking you over time, and you start to it starts to play on you, and you realise this is not funny, actually. No, <laughs> uh, this is this is problematic. Yeah, the, these women are trying to
0: like save their neighbourhood. Their children are getting sick. Like, stop this! <laughs> actually, give
1: a shit. It's uh, it, but, yeah. The initial the initial reaction is to laugh at it because you're cynical, mm. but that's just it's, as these guys are. This this system is. Mm. But
0: that's it's so great that scene because it plants you in a wo- immediately in the world that uh, Mr. Watanabe, um, our protagonist, kind of lives in, where it's this endless cycle of bureaucracy, nothing getting done, and that's our introduction to him. Despite the, um, it's almost like a Citizen Kane esque kind of like opening where it's like this is our protagonist he gonna die Mm. like let's the narrator looks like yeah Yeah, this is he doesn't know he has the cancer yet and so you're plonked into this uh, (laughs) like situation and like this world of endless bureaucracy nothing getting done and then we establish our protagonist as someone who's been here for 30 years he used to give a shit and you've got that wonderful thing of like him opening is drawn there's like a proposal for like efficiency that is created like 20 years ago he uses it to wipe off his stamp <laughs> like, and then from that you then thrust upon the cancer and the whole debate of what am i doing with my life
1: yeah and, and even even the doctor that says um it's just an ulcer buddy yeah i mean and, and they were having a discussion kanji Mr. Whatanup, it was having a discussion previously in the waiting room that if you get told it's a stomach ulcer, it's cancer and it's terminal.
0: Yeah, they just don't want to. They
1: don't. They don't care enough. It's their job to say, you know, this is what you've got. Uh, we can't deal with you because we don't care enough.
0: Public health system. Yeah, <laughs> like it's all wrapped into the whole government stuff. Like,
1: yeah, the if they actually cared, they'd be like, "You're going to die, so you're going to want to prepare yourself for that." Yeah and and we're going to try and do what we can. But no, they say, you've got a stomach ulcer. There's nothing that can be done. Just just wait it out. We're just not going to,
0: like, address the issue
1: here, which is, like, again, wraps
0: back around to the opening with all the no-one wanting to take responsibility and address the actual issues that are important and needing to be addressed.
1: Well, it's alluding to... This what I was kind of gathering, was it's alluding to the big problem, and that is this doctor is suffering from the same trap that everybody else including mr watanabe mm. was trapped in and that is busy work mundanity makes you callous it, it stops you from really appreciating life yeah, and connecting from with can, life yes nailed it yeah so so the doctor has is also i mean it's not everybody i don't think anybody really wants to be that way but you just find yourself. You
0: get stuck time. in a routine yeah. and the mundane of it, and you just kind of get sucked down into this spiral of well, that's just what it is. And it
1: takes facing death to realize that you're trapped. Yeah, yeah. It's time to get out of it. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah. So the 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 plot now is he's got cancer, and what does he do? And he meets up with uh, a writer.
0: Uh, before that, though, we have the very important scene where he wants to. Uh, tell his son and his daughter-in-law about the diagnosis and the fact that he's going to die but is unable to which is like a real important telling point of both where he's coming from as a character and where his son is as a character and like the type of relationship and who they are as people. We kind of established that real early on that he has no one to express or he has no outlet for to kind of grieve with him and kind of help him with this process so he then wanders off on to...
1: Because he hasn't f- found a connection with anybody, he realises yeah. that I'm actually not connected to anybody. No,
0: I've just so been coasting.
1: <laughs> I- I'm going to just drink. Like, he goes to the the bar where he meets this rider, but he's just, I'm just going to drink, I don't know what else to do.
0: But it's so good because he's going to do that because I guess that's what people do? And he has the thing where he's like, I- I've never done this, so like, I haven't had a drink before, I'm just like,
1: but I'm, I- this is... Well, he says, flat out, like, I feel like shit, yeah. and I'm drinking so I can pretend i can not feel shit Mm. you know just like like, let's just suppress whatever emotions we do have Mm. because we don't know what to do so let's just not feel at all yeah
0: and then he uh the writer kind of very much is just like all right well if that's what you want to do i I can show you and you've got the money like let's have i will you want to have a good time i will show you a i will you know theoretically like is he well this is he's, he's actively searching for he he's like has the conversation about like i've you know, had this very kind of dull, boring life. I've never really lived. I've never really had a, like, theoretically a good time. And it's something that will kind of come back. And it's his perception on what people, Mr. Watanabe's perception on what he thinks people have, like, living a great life is. And so he's like, I want to, I've never really done that. I want to do that.
1: And the writer's like, well, come with me, friend. (laughs) Well, I've got 50,000 yen. Mm. You help me spend it. Yeah, let's in you know, such a way that we can live. Yeah, sh- quote unquote live.
0: Yeah, show me that, like you know, that life that I have not had, and it, it, I see other people having, and it's like, oh, did I miss out on this?
1: It's like a, it's an interesting. I think it's a great first stop in the journey. Very much so, um,
0: and it, and it's the immediate, and it's it in multiple levels because it is. It's almost like there's seven cycles of like great, like you know, <laughs> coming yeah. to terms with stuff, and it is that whole. When, what am I trying to say? Like with, you're just like, fuck it all kind of thing. Like, I'm going to be debaucherous. I'm going to have like the wild, crazy party time as opposed to hedonistic. Hedonistic, that's it. That's the best word for it.
1: Yeah, because he's like, okay, well, you know, I'm feeling shit. Let's just do things that are pleasurable. Let's gamble pachinko machines. Titties. Yes. Let's go to the striptease. Yep. Let's, Uh. what else do they do? Just let's just fucking drink
0: drink yeah. uh they go to the the German beer hall and he
1: gets startled by
0: trombones yeah that, yeah it's yeah. like
1: it's like the a superficial approach somewhat yeah to to living you know on the edge and-, mm. and then you've
0: uh on the final stop of our destination which is kind of like a weird jazz club slash brothel you're not kind of sure it's not explicitly said that it's a brothel but it's It's very much implied (laughs) Um, with the whole guy, like, you know, all the men are paired off with the women and the guy's like, don't look just let them be, (laughs) like and the fact that they leave that place with two women and things um, but it's at that scene where it's like this jazz fun time and the pianist like, any requests? And he chooses an old song that was clearly a heartfelt song to him in his when when he was younger and it just bums everyone the fuck out (laughs) And it has the writer has the realisation of, oh, this is a sweet old man. This isn't the life for him. Yeah. Like, this is not... He's using this as an outlet, but this is not the right
1: outlet. This was a remarkable sequence. Yes. One of many yeah. um, in the film. But I, I thought it was really bold to go from, let's have dancing and, and debauchery and, and just...
0: And the prostitute like stealing his hat and he's
1: continually getting it back from her and like this playful cat and mouse kind of thing. Yeah, and then having him sing and there's like a full minute shot, close up face and he's kind of crying and he's He just starts weeping. Yeah, Yeah, and you're going from that bombastic uh, scene to just like, boom, this is this guy kind of breaking down. Whatever they're doing at this point is really not working. Yeah, And yeah, just to, to, to hold on his face, it was just like you... It starts to, the themes just start to really set in as you watch it. And, yeah. Uh,
0: and, and the beginning of that scene as well, when the pianist is like, oh, like, you know, that old song from the 1910s, like, yeah, sure, I'll play that for you. And it starts very kind of sweet on the piano, and you have a bunch of other couples come in to be like, oh, it's a slow dance number. We're going to yeah. romantically dance. And then he slowly starts to sing, and they're like, oh, this is not romantic at all. Like, not romantic in that way,
1: <laughs> I guess. It's, yeah. It's not romantic, yeah. And it's
0: that beautiful shot through, like, the, um, the, bee- the swinging bead door and, like, the s- couples all slowly stop dancing and everyone in the room slowly turns to face the... Um, they start to
1: contextualise what the song means, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's- it means to him in particular. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And then that's kind of capped off with the-, the scene in the cab afterwards when they're leaving the bar and it's... Um, Sort of uh, Watanabe and the writer kind of realizing like, this was fun, but this is not how you live. Like this is not your life, and this is not how you're going to find peace. And like how this is not your outlet to think that you've
1: done it all. It's an approach, yeah, but it's it's not right for him. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, the film is doing. Let's 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 explore further. Yes, you know, if you want to talk about it as a narrative and. And say like This is the <laughs> journey We're going to take In two hours and twenty minutes If Goldilocks is-
0: has had The first bowl of porridge And it right. ain't right
1: That's right <laughs> It's too hot we, we can keep searching
0: Yes We've got to move searching. on To the next bowl
1: <laughs> that's what it is That's right And the next bowl Is uh, Toyo Yes Which is um, She's a really great character There's a young lady That works Underneath him At work actually um, In the public affairs office and there's a scene early on that sets up her character, which is they're all kind of doing the business thing and being business people, glum and whatnot. Um, and she laughs out loud in the office, and everyone says that's highly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not; yeah. she's kind of resisting. She's a young person. She's
0: an outlier for, in that world.
1: She's a young person. Has to be poor, uh, and she is clearly good at resisting. The mundanity and the breakdown and the trap that yeah. everybody else seems to be in. Um, she so, created
0: nicknames for everyone in the office. Like, yeah, which is yeah. really
1: great, actually. Uh, we'll
0: get there. We'll get there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, no, we can go there now. Um, she has, she sees, what would you call it? The, the. True forms the,
0: of everyone.
1: <laughs> well, she sees the tragedy of it all, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. So she's, she's bored. She says, I mean, I've got to earn money, I suppose, but here I am within this broken system where it's the same thing every day and nothing gets done and nothing is achieved. Nothing's new. Nothing's, Nothing's new. Original.
0: We're not doing anything. It's
1: just the same every, every day. She's young and naive. And so she says, idealistic. This is like, it's almost like she looks at these people, her character arc's great. She looks at everybody and says, this is their, their unchanging and they're." They're broken, but they're unchanging. Mm-hmm. And when she... I mean, Mr. Watanabe kind of attaches to her because she's a dynamic, lively person. He says, that's life. Yes. Um, and she has the name <coughs> of The Mummy for him because he has no emotion. And he's um, just almost like a living dead kind of, just there. But, but I think it's remarkable that her character arc is such that she, she has learned a lesson in that now that she sees Mr. Watanabe as a person that is dynamic themselves and actually connecting to life itself, even though he used to be a mummy, uh, she has now found out that it's not as simple as these people are always, have always been, and will always be these shitty stone statues of people. They just have become a part change. of the system and they're not,
0: nothing's going to change that. So, she needs to break out from that to kind of find her own freedom and live her own life.
1: Well, she has a moment of, of kind of getting pulled in, even though she's really good at resisting that that system and being, you know, lively in that way. Mm. She does have that moment of everybody thinks it's a, she's a mistress, and she kind of freaks out, you know, and... And she's thinking, Well, I, I'm I'm not a mistress. I can't see this person because everyone all of a sudden thinks I'm the, a mistress now.
0: The assumptions that kind of go along with it, an, like and she even says like a May December romance. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Well, she she might even think that, that Mr. Watanabe is actually saying I'm a I'm gonna approach this young lady sexually. That's what his intentions are, and everyone kind of views that, but it's couldn't be further from the truth. Again, it's kinda of cynical, right? Yeah. Um so she freaks out um but then I love that she says, oh, I, we can't see each other. But then, you know, the the scene continues and she jumps back and says, we'll, we'll go out one more time, actually.
0: Well, because he was pressing for and, like, she felt bad and, yeah. So, but it, it's so lovely because, like, I, I, um, uh, you, like, how do you view, like, his intentions toward, like, what he's doing by hanging out with her? Do you think it's a... Uh, wanting to kind of get back to, like, the fresh, fresh-faced fresh kind of enthusiasm that was youth or that he sees someone
1: yeah. who has a kind of
0: spark that is life and he wants to try and learn how to capture that.
1: I think this is... It's a deeper... It's a deeper connection to life than, say, playing... Gambling at the Pachinko machines. Oh, very much so. But it's not fully there yet either because I think what he's doing by being... By... Well, first of all, he's very friendly towards her and, and buying, let's say they buying her food. Cause she's a bit poor buying new her stockings, new stockings, whatever. Um, I think the connection, this, this second stop is suggesting that he, he was when he was younger as dynamic as her you had that zest and wanted to do good things and, and do, and, be nice to people and he wasn't damaged by the system.
0: So you think it's him kind of approach, like glomming onto her as a way to try and reconnect with the person that he once was like through uh, a youthful kind of connection. Like like nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, but also not necessarily wants to reconnect with that somehow. Yeah. And not necessarily um, attaching and creating a friendship with her as a way to find out how she has that zest. It's him trying to reconnect with that similar zest that he used to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, what he's, I think what he's doing is he's kind of living through her. Mm. But then I love this, the fucking scene when they... It's like, I guess it's like the stuffed bunny scene where she pulls out her stuffed bunny and he's asking, like, how do you... Like, you, you're you living. How do you do it? I don't understand. And she's like, I, I'm just a fucking kid. I don't know what the fuck is I, going on. I go on to doing.
0: work and I come home and I eat and I go to bed. I go yeah. To, Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, he, and they're both kind of struggling to try and define... What makes her such a dynamic, wonderful person? And she's saying, well, I just make these stuffed bunnies because like, the, the babies and the kids love them. And it's, it's by
0: making and working on something that I know someone will
1: appreciate
0: means that I'm making a difference somehow.
1: Well, it's almost like she doesn't even know what she's doing, but what she is doing is connecting with the community.
0: Yes. But she, she understands it on a base level because she does say, like, by making these, I think of the children playing with them and the smile that what I'm doing will bring them. She knows that it's good. Yeah, yeah. She knows she's doing something. there is a f- there is a means to her ends of her job that she wasn't having when she was
1: working in City Hall. And I think, and then so she shows him the bunny, and he grabs it, and he runs down the stairs. And in the background, there's all those young ladies singing "Happy Birthday" to this other girl. I fucking this film is so good. <laughs> Again, the exemplifying of youth and like the and the yeah, like, living like- people
0: living and kind of going
1: through and yeah, it's so good. And he's running down the stairs and he's had this eureka moment, which we don't really know what's going on at this stage, uh, and we find out in the next scene when he returns to work and says, "We're going to get this cesspool fixed and make a park."
0: Cut back to the first scene that happened yeah. like an hour and fifty minutes ago, <laughs> like
1: and his character is like kind of. That's the arc. He's gone from a broken individual to a man that is listening to people yes. and trying his best to make a change.
0: Yeah, understanding that, like, his, it's basically he come through the experiences that he has trying to figure out how to live life. He manages to realize, oh, I used to live life in my own way. If I reconnect and do that again, I can
1: make a difference. And this is like two-thirds... Into the film, yes. Okay, yeah. it's, about,
0: it's about like the hour thirty, hour forty mark.
1: Yeah, and, and I think we do. Let's let's put a spoiler here because if you haven't watched it and you've been listening up until this point, go watch it. Because yeah, it's, we're going to spoil it now. It's really great. Please, please see this film. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, and so yeah, they he does, there's a Eureka moment, and he says like, "I am going to fucking build this park, god damn it." Yeah,
0: because
1: that's what these people want. Yeah, and they're they're really passionate about that. I can do something that will actually make
0: a difference and affect people. That's what I could have been doing, and it's what I used to do, and it's how I can
1: mm. live. Mm. Yeah. And then it does this hard cut to, <laughs> to his portrait at his funeral.
0: Five months later,
1: he's yeah. dead. And then, yeah, the narrator comes back and it's like, yeah, he's dead. It's, it's five months later, our protagonist has died. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's so surprising because I thought that... I mean, the... I guess, like you could say, the traditional route for this kind of story would be like ha- we're him now going to follow it in,
0: in a linear narrative sense of going through him doing it. But instead, we essentially get a uh, like forty-minute scene that is his wake. The film suddenly turns into Twelve Angry Men.
1: I was about to say that. Yep, <laughs> exactly. It's it's Twelve Angry Men, but yeah, like the third act is Twelve Angry Men at a funeral.
0: Yep, and it's all the bureaucrats that he worked with. And the film... It, it starts with them being like... Well, you know... It wasn't him that got the park made... And then slowly through memory and discussion... And working it out... They realise... Oh, it was him... And we're treated with flashbacks... And glimpses of how it all came to be... And how he spent the last five months of his life...
1: Mm. Working hard to kind of... Do something... It's Yeah, it's, it's such a fantastic... <laughs> it's such a fantastic decision... Um, to have... To, just, to say... Let's talk about his legacy let's spend a third of the film on his legacy knowing that he's dead yeah um I think that is just I mean it's so engaging and told in such an interesting
0: non-linear fashion as well with cut uh, the kind of flashbacks and the cutting back and forth in time and you're never really certain where we necessarily are in the sequence of events it's so wonderful yeah I mean I I was and it's also I just want to point out quickly like with the editing of all of that it's done away with all of the beginning the first two thirds of the film before this all of the transitions and things it's very playful like we have a lot of wipes and fades and things and these are hard cuts as mm-hmm. well like it shifts yeah. into a totally different style of filmmaking and it's
1: so great it was it was very different wasn't it
0: yeah it just shifts completely it's it's something it's very similar to high and low where you have an entire half of the film that is one style of filmmaking and it's following one story and then halfway through we shift to something completely different and it's shot and done in a completely different style and tone and, but it's all about the one same story but just doing the kind of flipped coin. Yeah. Yes. Kurosawa's a master. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the greatest filmmakers ever. <laughs> yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, the flashbacks. I think one of the first ones is what um, Watanabe coming to the site and it's, it's raining and he's got a bunch of the, the bureaucrats with him. And uh, I think this is is probably the first time I cried in the film where it was like, he just kind of steps out and everyone steps out into the cesspool and he's getting his shoes all fucked up, all wet. And the bureaucrats don't want to follow because they don't want to get their shoes fucking wet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But one of the ladies comes out with an umbrella and I got the distinct impression that he wasn't looking at a cesspool. He was looking at a park. And he's just it's just fucking... He found he's looking at the potential yeah. of what he doesn't see. A park. I mean, that's why he's that's why he doesn't care about the cesspool. He, do, he doesn't recognize that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a
0: similar thing that it's it's almost a mirrored shot later when uh, it's the park's under construction and he just kind of aimlessly walks out and then stumbles and falls and things because his the illness has gotten so much worse. But it's almost an exact identical shot to that same.
1: He's still just seeing the park. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's always anecdotal look backs um, where these people that are i mean so stuck in that trap i mean it's so sad you get you bring you get brought you get brought back to this this cynical look after after spending the whole film with this lovely person you get brought back to the wake and it's filled with all these cynical assholes
0: well before we get like i think we if we're talking about the wake we need to talk about how it's uh, the wake is first interrupted with reporters Mm-hmm. coming and wanting to talk to the deputy mayor, who's there, sort of saying, like, we've heard rumours that, like, you know, it was pretty much him who built this park, and, like, you, you know, you just were doing a campaign speech, and, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he's just, oh, that's all just foolish, of course. It was her team <laughs> effort. <Yeah. laughs> and then, later on, the all of the women the lo- who campaigned to try and get the park built that be listened to come in... And it's a wake for this man and they're all sitting there discussing bureaucracy and patting themselves on the back for getting this thing done. It wasn't just him. It was all of us that got this done. Cut
1: to all... They say it's a coincidence that...
0: Yeah, they're they're trying to, like, you know, shirk off the responsibility and, like, the actual job that he did. And then the women who actually know what he did and whose lives he changed and made a difference to come in and just are weeping at Mm. the altar for him. And... It's beautifully punctuated with them sort of bowing, paying their respects, and then leaving. And all of the people, the bureaucrats that we're then left with are just hanging their heads in shame, like, realising, like... Oh, maybe there is something more to
1: this. Well, some with the some exception- actually cr- cry, yeah, straight up, and some are just kind of not reacting, and that's where they, there's that 12 year man thing going on. Yeah, but then uh, that all kind of starts once you have the
0: deputy mayor pull out his pocket watch and be like, "All right, I gotta go now." Like, and then once Dickhead is left, yeah. <laughs> then you've got,
1: yeah, he's like the apex of 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 the of problem.
0: This, he is the system, quote unquote. Like you know, sure. yeah. And once he's that's out of the way, they're able to kind of speak drunkenly and freely and kind of debate and it goes full 12 angry man
1: Mm. yeah and each anecdote i think gets closer and closer to It, it, it kind of the whole film i was trying to figure out like what's i'm i'm understanding the themes and i'm understanding like you've got to be dynamic to live and 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 really listen to people and whatnot but i was trying to figure it out um and i think coming back to these men that are the system, and having them spending 40 minutes, having them break down what's wrong with them, and they start to see that that the mundanity has created. They've all become monsters, and just slowly, each one just stripping away that monstrosity that is the bureaucratic system.
0: And the, and the cycle even starts with them pointing out what was wrong with Watanabe. And then realizing there was nothing wrong with him, it's actually us that are the problem. Yeah, uh... because he did something. He he broke from the mold and was actually doing something different. They viewed him as the the one that was stepping out and doing something weird and different and wrong. And then throughout the discussion, they slowly realize, oh no, wait, it's the
1: system and it's us that are actually the broken ones. He's it's but this is the beauty of the film. It's not them that's broken. No. Yeah. they just are a function of the
0: system yeah they they've become trapped into the, same, the exact same cycle that Watanabe himself at the beginning of the film where we are introduced to him he is that he is that person but he has had this life changing lightning bolt moment of his cancer diagnosis that affords him the opportunity to change and he, the, he, right. he has the realisation that time is precious we have very little of it make a difference. I, I'm going on this search for the first two-thirds of the film to try and discover what is life. Like, what it, what does it mean to live? I mean, shit, that's the literal trans, English translation of Ikaru, is to live. It's, it's him going on this journey to try and find out what it is to live, and it's oh, I could have been doing this all along in my own way, doing what I was doing. That's how I can live and make a difference, by making that change in my own Situation. I don't have to go and search and shift who I am or what I do. I can make that change as I am now,
1: and and more than that as well. There's a section. There's a look back where one of them says, "I think Watanabe is like, kind of walking down some staircase. Oh, and says, yeah, I love that he says, shot. I don't have time to hate. There's no time to hate.
0: Yeah, so or it's it's, it's, like- a, it's a Mr. Ono is sort of saying like. They're at loggerheads again with the mayor and it's been like two weeks of him shutting down the proposal for the park over and over and over again and Mr. Ono is kind of starting to get on Watanabe's side and he's like aren't you just, don't you just hate these people for like continually blocking us and getting us down and like pushing like you know pushing back against us and like you said he's like I, I don't have time to hate.
1: Well I think yeah, I think he's understood that these people aren't shit, they're they're in the same trap that he was in. But they just haven't seen the light. That's right.
0: Yeah. Which, which is so great because it's not... It, it This film so easily could be a cynical... It, it's what separates it. It's not cynical. It, it, it so easily could be a... Fuck,
1: fuck bureaucracy. Fuck
0: the government. Fuck all yeah, these people. It could be us and them. Yeah.
1: But instead, it's... Not, it's, it's completely like everybody is together here.
0: Yeah, but they just don't haven't had that epiphany moment yet that I have been fortunate enough to have.
1: Don't hate don't hate people, hate the the system. Maybe we got to change a little bit. Exactly. It's, uh, it's it's not,
0: that. Yeah, like you said, I don't have time to hate. Hate is a useless fucking thing at this point. Like it it serves no purpose. It's going to get nothing done. Just fucking like just we can do this.
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 shit like that that makes this film really remarkable. It becomes an approachable um, philosophical exploration. Yeah, and so I learned shit. <laughs> like I learned some stuff. Like, but, but that's the thing. It's like I get cynical in my own work. Mm. I wonder. I mean, this is what's so affecting about it. Like, I was thinking. Like, I wonder if people at, at my work. I know that I get fucked up by mundanity, mm-hmm. and maybe people would call me names behind my back, like the mummy. You know. So I was thinking. Well, you know, we do do we have to fucking be vigilant and and try and remember to not get become not be trapped by this like horrible cycle of working for the sake of work mm. and being just busy and not listening to people and
0: it's not a cynical message or like in that it's not like an anti-work or anti-capitalism thing it's like working is fine you can make a difference and you can do good things through your work, like it's it's not being like a, Yoto's the, that character. Yeah,
1: she's in the system, but she's also dynamic,
0: and she's found a way to an outlet for her and her work to be able to be like, I'm making a difference and I'm doing something, and that's what the bureaucra- the the bureaucrats and the people at City Hall have just kind of lost their way, I guess, mm-hmm. and have have kind of been blinded to that. And Watanabe has kind of had the realization: Oh shit,
1: we can, yes, we can. <laughs> Why I mean, yeah, I mean the the finale of that massive wake sequence is they all break down and say we've got to do our best and and try to um, to live like what an and and not be not fall into the trap of of mundanity equals callousness. Yeah, but it's a very real ending all of a sudden. <laughs> really, yeah, because it switches. You go like, fuck, that's nice. Fuck, that's nice. I mean, it's kind of fantasy. I wonder if you know. going to... There is like you. You need to be vigilant constantly to stop that trap from occurring. Yep, and then and we. Yeah, like the, the last scene is is them second
0: to the last. Second, the second, second last to scene. last because that's like the I was gonna I was coming ready to bed like kind of that you you have them all going back to work kind of after this giant explosion and meltdown of emotion and realizing oh god this is what Watanabe realized we've all realized it too we can make a difference. Cut to them back at the office and then it's a wonderful shot of sitting down behind his desk and just the being lost in a sea of paperwork.
1: Well, yeah, there's... I mean, in the the midpoint of the film, the narrator's saying, you know, what Nave's dead and everybody's kind of back at work. Um, and everybody's working in the office and they've got their piles of paper and no one can really see each other. Um, the line of sight's broken. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And although they've had this wonderful uh, enlightened moment in the wake, they've kind of fallen back into the trap. They yeah. weren't vigilant, after all. Uh, one guy. I mean, I th- thought it was lovely that the one guy that kind of started that whole twelve angry men. One person versus the rest. The Henry Fonda of the group. The Henry Fonda. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese Henry Fonda. The juror number seven. Yeah, yeah. No, number eight. Yeah and he kind of just hangs his head in shame when he realises oh the system is has broken these guys once more even after all of that yeah even after the wake and what Watanabe did it is like it, it doesn't take something as severe as facing your own mortality to actually make you follow through with something like that but it's, it's fully realised because you can yeah. it's, it's fine to just go yeah we just have to be cool we have to be nice to people and listen to them but to
0: actually but, follow through and do those that's, actions
1: that's exactly right like to go, yes, we've got to do that, but it's really hard to keep doing that. Yeah. So let's make that point too in the film.
0: But the film then, despite like kind of having this such triumphant realization moment, followed by a real bummer, like, oh, this is actually the reality of the situation, it then takes you to a beacon of hope. With ending the ending scene of the kids playing on the playground yeah. that Watanabe fought and managed to do and build. And then off on the bridge looking over it is one of the bureaucrats. And it's, it's that thing of, regardless of if they are able to make a change now, there is always something physically there that they're able to point to and realize and be like, that's, that's his fucking legacy. That's not just the park, but the signifier that you can do something and make a difference and change. Despite the trap. Yeah. You
1: can do like, yeah. It's fucking. Your life can have an impact. It's so it's so inspiring. Yeah, it's so fucking inspiring. God damn it! I yeah. love this movie so fucking much. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so like you said at the beginning, this is your favorite Kurosawa film. You think? I like, think. I mean, like I
1: just saw it, and I'm obviously <laughs> and very moved, gushing, and yeah, <laughs> by it, and yeah. But I'll say that, sure. I mean, it, it's pretty goddamn now. amazing. It's uh, everyone goes to Seven Samurai um, because it's
0: it's an adventure film. It's super fun, entertaining. Dramatic Sad Action filled Like it's got everything Comedy Technically it's
1: brilliant as well Yeah quite,
0: That's what I mean it, it's, it's it's like the Jaws of it's Kurosawa an, It's, it's, an it's, an it's epic. got everything
1: <laughs> It's an epic and, and it's Yeah But There's just something special about I, Like
0: the it's same f- with Tokyo f- Story It's such as It's taking it's such presented- lofty big ideas And focusing it on Such a simple Small It's presenting these giant ideas Through a small Simple lens That's easy to dissect And understand And Connect with, yeah. It's it's taking these large humanistic themes into a personal kind of arena. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's And pa-
0: he's painting with a very small brush on this one, but he manages to do say so much with it. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk like any technical stuff. Like I mean, cine- I mean, it goes without saying, cinematography, editing, music, everything's top notch. The performances are holy shit amazing. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> um, in particular uh, the I, I want to actually get names here. <laughs> um, yeah, we we want to point out obviously a uh, uh, Takashi Shimura, who is a um, Kurosawa regular, is in been in Rashomon, um, Stray Dogs, uh, Seven Samurai, or like a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, he was a kind of go to, like a Mifuni kind of, yeah. like one of his stock actors. Um, he's breathtaking in his performance.
1: Also, uh, Yoto as well, I thought was. was it
0: Yoto? Um, Toyo. Toyo. Which is, uh, Miki Odegiri. Okay. Well, she was, she was
1: amazing as well. It's just that, that, that wind up rabbit scene. Yeah. Like, oh. There's so many, yeah, it, it, there's fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Um, I loved it so much. And, uh. I don't know. I think there's nothing else I, I, I really got to say about it. The The score was really, there was like really interesting um, musical choices that we were talking about that the stuffed bunny sequence and the ending of it is the, um, the young lady singing happy birthday to another lady in the background as he's walking down the stairs and leaving the restaurant. And the next sequence that we were talking about was his we're going to get the, the park made.
0: Finding the proposal and kind of going through and wanting to, like, finding his mission, so to yeah, speak. Yeah,
1: and in the background, the score, it's like, um, undiegetic score. Yeah. Is, is a birthday melody. Yeah. Which, yeah. um, which kind of was really, really strange in a way. It, it, it's
0: because it's essentially following through it's it's the same connective thread of the epiphany yes it's it's just kind of following it, it becomes through the soundtrack to his thought process exactly because that's what he heard when he came up with that so that's what's always connected with that it's like those little fucking kurosawa touches yes. that you're like jesus christ
1: it's really, good. It's, it's really very good
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean uh brilliant cinematography throughout like the it's that standard kurosawa of like the floating kind of camera that you don't and the movement within the frame that is just spectacular. But, I mean, uh, the, the go-to imagery for this film is the f- finale of Watanabe at the park through the jungle gym with the snow falling. Like,
1: it's mm. just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's nothing else to say about that. I think that's your wrap-up, and that's... that's You can get to... It's a slow shot with the the music, and you get to ponder... The and whole he, journey that he's gone through and how that affects you. And,
0: and, this, and the fact that he's singing the, the song again. is It's yeah. so beautiful.
1: It's great. It really is an yeah. amazing film.
0: Well, do you want to hear a little bit of uh, trivia about it? Yeah. Uh, so, Takashi Shimura was nominated for Best Foreign Actor at the 1960 BAFTA Awards. Uh, the film was nominated for The Golden Bear at the 1954 Berlin Film Festival, where it was also awarded a special prize of the Senate of Berlin. Uh, it's also currently ranked uh, number one hundred and ten on the IMDb top two hundred and fifty. So occasionally, some good shit actually gets in that list. <laughs> I, that's fine. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. We whenever it's been a while since we've actually talked about how a film that's on that list for that's been
1: Criterion. But isn't there another list that can like we can? I know, but it's like the
0: most popular
1: kind of yeah okay I'll say this then if it's the most popular mainstream whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah I'm happy that it's on the the fact that this is not just on there but number 110 is pretty
0: like alright that's rad Uh, it has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes Uh,
1: who would be the fool to like who's
0: (laughs) dick who's that one arsehole who's like
1: bureaucratic arsehole
0: yeah Uh, it's also included on Roger Ebert's list of great films of course yeah uh we talked about the, the little trans literal translation is to live. Um uh, Hideo Ogunu, uh who is one of the three writers on the film, along with um Kurosawa and I forget who the other one was. Yeah, there was uh three people wrote this one. What Where- Credit where creators do. Shinobu Hashimoto is the other one, um but yeah, Hideo Oguna uh, was originally envisioned Takashi Shimura's character as a yakuza gangster, as opposed to a government bureau- bureaucrat, and um, that that would have been an interesting kind of film, I think. Mm. Like, I think more genre stylized, obviously, and so I think it's kind of lovely that they took it into a more mundane arena. More well, relatable. Yeah, relatable, mundane. Again, I brought up before, like humanistic kind of every man. Yeah, yeah, just kind of helps helps you connect with them a lot
1: better. Yeah, you, you, so you, I, yeah, that's a very good decision. I wouldn't. I think that the the message wouldn't really come through that well if you're a bad person mm. trying to be like you know the realization to be a good person. It, it's a better message to say work at, like the problems of work can can fuck you up and make you a bad person yeah. and everyone everyone can feel that to some degree trying yeah. to earn money is hard work and you do lose something a little bit when you're trying just for money's sake
0: yeah and and by starting with having your protagonist be a gangster who's like you know obviously a a villain or like you know someone who's not you know has to work to earn the audience's appeal on things like you then like you know a quote-unquote bad guy to then have follow their arc of redemption it seems very kind of oh yeah like cool fine easy to go because you're going from such an extreme to an extreme like it's a it's a full pendulum swing whereas if you're starting at neutral yeah to then swing from neutral neutral from a stop is way more harder and interesting
1: Yeah, I'm very happy that they decided to. <laughs>
0: yeah, <you> know, <laughs> not Um Uh This is the only Akira Kurosawa film between *Drunken Angel* in 1948 and Redbeard in 1965 that did not have Toshirō Mifune. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just yeah. thought that was kind of. <laughs> Where would you put him in? Maybe the
0: writer. But then again, it, it that would draw too much focus away. I think. Yeah. Like, but it, it, it works so well of having just this kind of. Wonderful little character actor, but Mafuni would go... He's too much of a presence on the second he's on screen.
1: The writer could provide that. That's okay. I suppose, yeah. But it doesn't uh, really matter. But yeah, no,
0: I just... Like, it's that thing of, like, you know... It, it's every... Like, their working relationship. It's interesting that in a <laughs> nearly... Like, what, 20... It's like 20... however many years, almost,
1: gap. And this is the only film that they didn't do together. Um... But that's really more of a testament to the fact that this is very unique in the canon of mm. Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. Although In, in many regards. Yeah, although uh, Takeshi Shimura is like
0: a go to regular and had been in like six or seven other Kurosawa films, but it's not. It, it's like watching a Scorsese film that doesn't have De Niro in that like 70s to 80s period. Yeah. It's yeah. like, ah, this is. So, yeah, is this, this, is, this is different. This is Kurosawa's After Hours. <laughs> like, there's that one little outlier. Um,. So when Takeshi, uh, Takeshi Shimura was rehearsing uh, his singing of the song, uh, Kurosawa instructed him uh, for that scene uh, in the bar when he's the face the, Yeah, the, the face
1: shot. Up face
0: shot. Uh, this is the direction Kurosawa gave him to sing the song as if you're a stranger in the world where no one believes you exist. <laughs> it's very morbid. That's yeah. But that got the, that performance. And to kind of end our trivia, uh, Akira Kurosawa himself considers this film his greatest piece of work.
1: That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. I mean, I haven't seen all of his films. I've seen a lot of his films, Mm -hmm. but I think that this is the best because it mines the, the deepest aspects of humanity for him. Yeah. And, um, and saying that for this guy is really something. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm going to justify this being his best film. It's pretty goddamn special
0: and a wonderful film. Uh, on that note, Let's go into the Criterion edition. Okay. Uh, so the film's available through Criterion is a two-disc DVD, one-disc Blu-ray. It comes with the special features of an audio comedy by Stephen Prince, uh, author of *The Warriors*, uh, *The Warriors Camera*, *The Cinema of Akira Kurosawa*, original theatrical trailer, a uh, message from Akira Kurosawa for *Beautiful mo- Movies* from 2000, an 81-minute do- documentary produced by Kurosawa's production company. Um, featuring interviews with the director on set of his later films, and a 41-minute documentary, uh, forty-one minute section from the documentary, Akira Kurosawa, It is Wonderful to Create, hmm. as well as the usual booklet and essays that Criterion usually do.
1: Um, the DVD... Copy is not remastered.
0: No, it, well, I mean, it does say it has a new high definition digital transfer. Mm. Tom was unimpressed.
1: We're watching the, di- the DVD and I switched to Blu ray. <laughs>
0: yeah, Tom was like, I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I prefer
1: to, like, halfway through so I prefer, I prefer to watch this in a better version.
0: Yeah, fair enough. do <laughs> you want to watch this in HD.
1: Yeah. So you can get
0: the full effect of his lighting and.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but I guess that'll probably wrap us up for this episode on Ikaru, a truly wonderful film. Mm. <laughs> Um, I guess uh, if you have any comments or queries or anything, you can send us an email at thecriterionquest at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, tune in in a fortnight's time when we watch Diary of a Country
1: Priest by Robert Brisson. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. Oh, my God. You haven't I seen this film? I know. <laughs> it's been a while. You've, yeah. You've seen a lot of the recent films.
0: Mm, so, yeah. So, this is... Uh, we've got the next kind of lot of ten. There's a few that I have not seen and I'm looking forward to. So... Uh, I guess tune in in a fortnight for that. Otherwise, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, For this week's episode, I'm Chris.
1: I'm Tom. See you next time.